I have women that come to me and they say they've already quit their jobs, Mm -hmm. which is a bummer. Yeah. And they say, I'm going to do this thing full time. And I'm like, okay, well, we can't erase the past. I'm not going to shame them about it. Right. Okay. So what's the plan? And their plan, planning to have a startup and, and launching a business takes five years. Right. And overnight success takes five to 10 years. I find women has been in business for three years. People are just finding out about us. Right. Right. And so there's a lot of things to unpack around this whole idea of when to start. But I would say start in your spare time. Test your product or service out on people that are not your friends. Yeah. And see if people want to buy it. You have a business when you have a product or a service that people who you do not know well are willing to pay for it. Hello, Working Wife Happy Life listeners. I'm so excited to be back with another episode. This past week, I had an incredible opportunity to spend some time at NASA. I met so many incredible people, flight directors, real-life astronauts, and so many other critical members of the space team. So not only did I learn a ton about our space program, But I also learned how much this community is focused on supporting their working parents. It was really incredible to see such an institution focus on this critical topic. So it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. I wanna send out a huge thank you to my NASA hosts. I also wanna send out a thank you to all of our dedicated listeners. We are at over 2000 downloads in the few weeks that we've been live, which has our team so excited to bring you more. And to that end, a few of you have been reaching out with topic ideas and feedback. We love that and we are listening, so please keep it coming. You can contact us on email at workingwifehappylifepodcast at gmail.com or Instagram at workingwifehappylife. On today's episode, I sit down with the funny, the warm, and the insightful Karen Kahn. Karen is a longtime executive in the tech space. She spent the first half of her illustrious career at several established companies where her longest stint was at Google, which is where she and I worked together many, many moons ago. See, there's a space theme happening. Um, She is now the CEO and founder of iFundWomen, which is the only crowdfunding platform specifically designed to fund female entrepreneurs. She gives us a ton of insights and advice from her successes and failures as an entrepreneur, as an intrapreneur, as she calls it, within the various companies she's worked at, and some tips on her own personal investment strategies. She is a fierce advocate for women and a complete straight shooter who has walked the walk and lived to tell, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with my powerhouse friend, Karen. I actually don't know you that well, even though yeah, we've known each other I, for so isn't long. Isn't that so cool? Yeah, I think it's amazing. I know. Like we worked together at Google way, way back in the day when right. we were both just having babies and, yep. and just starting um, to figure out how to sell YouTube and all that crazy stuff. Um, so I feel like we've known each other. We have tons of friends in common, and obviously, I've known about your career as you moved on, but. We actually don't know each other that yeah. intimately, which is why it's like kind of exciting to have this renaissance friendship come I back know. around. It's so cool. But I do think we have a lot in common in terms of like our drive and our ambition. And like, you know, I often find myself thinking, 
what is it like to be a woman who is just fulfilled by her job and then comes home and like just sits on the couch? Right. Like, are you able uh, to come home and no. relax or are you constantly like in that like no, that achievement that's my, cycle? That's my biggest problem. And I don't think it's I, I don't know if it's achievement more than it's just complete and total passion for what I'm doing. Mm. I can't stop thinking about new ideas. I can't stop thinking about new ways to improve processes at iFund Women. Yeah. Um, I was up last night writing a new playbook for our founder level members because they need different things than our crowd funders. Yeah. And I'm constantly, I constantly have ideas and I like to activate on them immediately and get them out of my brain yeah. and beta test them and throw spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. So it's less about, um, I need to achieve, achieve, achieve. It's more like I have so many ideas. It's like a channeling. I just can't, I'm, I have so many ideas. I can't not do yeah. them. And it's a problem because I've really tried to be purposeful around coming home from work and spending time with my kids and I'm yeah. sucking at it. Mm. Like I'm noticing that like, you know, my daughter is almost 13. She just wow. earned Snapchat I remember because when she, you were pregnant with her. That's crazy. I mean, I know it's yeah. been a million years. Yeah. So my daughter, my daughter is almost 13 and she asked for, she's been asking for Snapchat for years. Okay. And thank goodness for my husband, who was my husband. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> I've never heard oh, that yeah. phrase. Love it. It's okay. a nicer way of saying X because yeah. we're friends. He, yeah. my, thank goodness for Mitch because he, you know, he was really kind of like no on the Snapchat and very sort of a little, way more strict than I would have been. Yeah. So, um, she came to us at the beginning of the school year and she said, can I please have Snapchat? I'm literally the only person mm. in my grade, in my camp friends, blah, 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 blah. So and hard. I said, if you get all A's, you can have Snapchat. And this is a kid who, just like her mama, kind of phoned it in. Yeah. In school. Same. Like yeah. super social, very smart, phoned it in. Got just A's kind of like doing what you need to do to get by. Yeah. the minimum I needed to do to get by. Went to a big state school, party, party, partied, and like it all worked out. Yeah. You know, not that I don't have problems, obviously, right. but I think from a from a brain processing perspective, she is super high EQ. She's super likable, and she kind of just like phones it in. Yeah. But she gets B's. She has like had like yeah. a C in science. I'm like sister, you're not getting Snapchat until you get get all A's. Yeah. I know you can do it. Yep. And P.S. She just did it. That's awesome. I know. So like, here's that goal and just get to that and like. But now that she's on Snapchat, oof. this is a whole new thing. This is a week old, by the way. She's like, peace. I come home, we eat dinner together. Yeah. And she's like, peace out. She wants to be on Snapchat because her homework's done. Yeah. And That's I'm like, and I want to be on Google Docs. Yeah. I know so it's so lame. So I'm doing <laughs> a really like, shitty job. You're not like, doing a shitty job, though, because it's, it's first of all, the social platforms and I struggle. So my son, my eldest is, um. 12, so he's the same age, and then my little one is eight. But it's that is their social outlet. So he's not a Snapchatter, but he is a gamer, right? And that is how they socialize. And I feel like for us, that's so foreign to mm -hmm. how we grew up, where I mean, actually, is it? I don't know, because I would just be on it the three way phone call with my girlfriends for hours, right? Totally. Like when we got call waiting and total phone, that was like a mind blow, right? <laughs> oh my God, I'm dead right now. <laughs> that is hysterical. And so you're that's exactly their new outlet. Right. And it's, and it's, so it is a way of teaching socialization, but I think as adults, we see it as it's 
a tremendous amount of exposure that they don't yet know how to control. Absolutely. That we don't know how to monitor and protect them against, but they actually have to learn how to navigate this. Yes. Otherwise, they're at a fault in their generation and totally. how they develop. Absolutely. And I think parents at every age are struggling with this. Like you can see people with their first child, you know, won't touch an iPad until they're six. And I'm like, well, that's actually a problem because once they get into first grade, they're actually doing work on Chromebooks. So they need to be able to navigate this. And it's really hard thing as a parent to, to. And it's, I think it's one of those taboo subjects too. Yeah. In Um, terms of like what you do, how you parent or for the kids? No, how you parent. Yeah. So for example, like I do not give unsolicited advice to other parents. Like I got my own problems. I got a kid with special needs. I've Mm. got, he's doing great. Yeah. But like, I've got my own shit to think about. Right. I'm not worried if you're at the dinner table next to me at a restaurant and your kid's on an iPad. Like, I could give a shit. Yeah. And I'm not judging you at all. Right. And you're not going to, what my but husband I, and I call, mom-splain them. Yeah. No, right. I could care less. Whatever yeah. works for you and your family. But I think we are like unicorns. We're, mm-hmm. we're the, not the norm. Because That's I true. hear moms just like, and thank God I work. Because if I had to hang out at uh, home yeah. within like the mommy groups, God bless them all. I know. Bless their hearts. Yeah. But they're but all talking different. about how yeah. they parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one does this and this one does that. And, you know, what does the research say about this, that and the other? I'm like, I just got to live in the moment. Yeah. And, you know, I do check my kids' phones. Yep. I um, do the same. They have potty mouths just like their mom did. Yep. It's a lot of <laughs> does. like, it's a lot of <laughs> does like. Does in my case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It does exactly in the present yeah. tense. Um, well, it's interesting. So my son just got his first phone at 12. And um, so it was this summer and we, you know, we had a lot of conversations about usage and specifically that this is not your phone. This is our phone and we let you use it. Um, Oh, that's smart. And uh, so I do the thing and he's now aware of it. I'll tell you a funny story of how he's aware of this. But I, you know, every couple of days we'll just check his text messages and they do a lot of FaceTiming too. And that's how they keep a lot hidden. Yes, they do. Um, um, But (laughs) he, by the way, is now a very proud iFundWomen supporter and he is dying for his sweatshirt and he just like loves all of this. In fact, I saw one of his texts to his friends was saying something that like, you know, it's like if you made fun of my mom's feminism, then I'd tell you to shut up or something. I was like, yes. I love that. So he's definitely We're raising a fierce, woke boys. And a fierce Karen supporter. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Did you hear that the word woke is becoming a no, a no, a no bueno anymore? Oh, God. Everything I say, my son is like, ugh, cringy. And then I know, I'll go but cringy even and he's adults like, Stop are saying, saying it's it. not. Well, you allowed. can't say woke? I was at um, a Golden Seeds event last night. I'm an angel investor on the side okay. with Golden Seeds. And then on my own, I have an, my own LLC that I invest um, in different things. Golden Seeds, I invest in women. Okay. I have an LLC out in Colorado. I do weed investments. Mm. That's a that's that's an exclusive bit it. of news that here. Yeah, that is actually, I would love to. That's an exclusive yeah. for your podcast. We need to go test some product. Um, yeah, hundred. Yeah. So what was my point? Well, you were talking about... Oh, I was talking to a woman who is African-American, and she was she had brought up the word woke. Yeah. And how, like, everyone's saying... There's a lot of talking about wokeness, but not a lot of action. Mm -hmm. So it's not that the word is out of fashion. Right. And what she said was absolutely right. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it was interesting because I'm like... I'm action. Right. I'm Action Jackson over yeah. here. We just launched iPhone Women of Color. Yes. Olivia which is Owens on my staff, who's a yes. founding team member, a woman of color since she started with us three years ago. She was my first hire. Yeah. Um, and my first hire purposefully because 
what we do at iPhone Women just really quickly is we provide funding access to early stage entrepreneurs. And we're focused in the U.S. We're a global platform. But when we look at the numbers in the U.S., 1,800 new businesses are started by a woman every single day in this country. And 89% of those businesses are started by women of color. So we knew that research and data going in on our customers. So when I was hiring my team, I was like, I need to hire people of color. So 60% of our founding team is people of color, are people of color. And Olivia was our first. And so, and she's she's like a wonderkind. She's an incredible marketer. She's an incredible sort of just brain. Her brain works in very, very um, monetizable ways. Yeah. She's kind of like a mini me in terms of like she could monetize anything. Yep. But more importantly, we were looking at our customers' makeup and our segment customers. And I was like, we have to have coaches and mentors that look like you. Yeah. That speak your language. Yep. We have a lot of Hispanic um, entrepreneurs, Latinx yep. entrepreneurs, um, and most of them speak English, but there's some that don't. Right. So, you know. Or they're marketing to right. folks that don't. Yeah. Exactly. And there's nuances with language and culture and all the yep. things that this, like, white Jewish lady can't offer them yeah. advice on. I can offer them advice on other things, but not all the things. And so it was important to us to hire people and coaches, product people, engineers, marketers that resemble our customer base. Yeah. And so when Which this woman— when you say it, it's so fucking obvious. Right. Right? And it's like, but having grown up in tech like we both have, like, that is not actually what has happened in terms— you have the benefit of that hindsight to say, when I build a product, it will be built by and for this audience. Yes. Um, exactly. And it's, well, I think also what's interesting about your platform to share with our listeners a little bit more about iFundWomen is it's the only crowdfunding platform that is specifically for women-led businesses, but you also provide coaching. You provide uh, production services, Yep. which these are things that when you're launching a brand, like the success is not just in the money, it's how you use it. So not only providing those resources, but showing people that these are the things you need to focus on in order to be successful. Absolutely. It's kind of that extra element of launch that I think a lot of people will take for granted or will take the money and filter it into the things that are not actually going to prove successful. No question about it. And the so the capital piece is crowdfunding and grants. And that's a big piece. Grants are great because it's free money, mm-hmm. and we now have lots of brands that are just funneling grant money to iPhone women, it's to amazing. our entrepreneurs directly. So it's a great benefit for any of you listening and who are deciding, like, should I crowdfund, should I not? My email is karen at iPhoneWomen.com. I'm going to pull an Ariana Huffington. Do it. And just, no, seriously, email me, and I'll, and I'll talk you through it. But before we recommend you crowdfund, we recommend you go through the coaching program. And the first thing we have people do is hone their pitch. Yeah. You need to be able to, at a cocktail party, at the you know grocery store, wherever, be able to very succinctly say what you do, mm-hmm. what your company is. Then from there, it's what problem are you solving? Yeah. Why are you uniquely qualified to solve the problem? How are you going to do it? How big is the market size? How much are you raising if you're raising capital? Yeah. How much are you raising? What are you going to do with the proceeds? Those are just basics you need to know before you even start. Yeah. And then from there, you go into your brand. So we, I'm like, I'm, 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 you can't see this, listeners, but I'm visualizing my multi-tab. Yeah. Um, your founders playbook. Like, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's what you're saying, and just to interject is because I want to go through the rest of the story, but what I've found when I've worked with coaches, so I do a lot of speaking engagements yeah. and I work with a speaker coach and... Uh, 
it's really fucking hard, right? You get in that room and you have that moment of like, I'm not going to do this. This is a waste of my time. This is a waste of my money. This is a waste of my energy. This woman doesn't get me. She doesn't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And it, you really resist and fight through it. And it, you throw your hands up. And that's what makes you stronger. Absolutely. And I feel like that is where people need to realize that they have the fight in them. And you to, have to invest in yourself. Yes. People throw that around all the time. And it's a very privileged thing to say, invest in yourself. But for $99, and again, I'm not like trying to sell your audience here. No, no, no. But you're putting But a for $99, you can have a founder plan at mm-hmm. iFund Women, which will give you a private coach and the tools to do this. So it right. doesn't have to be a huge investment, you know? And P.S., your speech at the Women's March was fucking flawless. Oh, thank you. It was. But it speaks to this coach. It was one of the coach. best speeches. But exactly. Yeah. You put in the work mm-hmm. and look what the output was. Yeah. A, an unbelievable speech right. that is going to be a piece of media, a, a thing that you're going to have for you for the rest of your life. I have the right. chills. That yeah. was like the best, the Women's March. It really was. Oh, my God. Can we, like, I want to get back to the storyboard, but can we talk about that for a second? Oh, like, I'm dying. I would love to know. So for those of you that don't know, Women actually funded all of the contributions to the New York City Women's March for 2020. Which is sad but true. <laughs> uh, sad but true, but, <laughs> but also amazing. Amazing, amazing. And, and that you, um, I would love to hear how this came to be for you yeah. because I feel like there's such a beautiful environment of women lifting each other up. And yes. I feel like when you see media and you see even the way they pit Kate Middleton against Meghan Markle, it's like, the way that we are portrayed as there's so much vitriol, that is totally. not at all what I experienced. Now, I have experienced it. I've seen it in very minute pockets, and I will tell you those are not the people that succeed. Absolutely. But everyone else is here to lift each other, and I feel yeah. like we have such an amazing community. So I'd love to share with our listeners yeah. the story that you shared with me, how that came to be, and how we yeah. kind of you executed on that. So it's it's very interesting. So I'm, I've never really lived in the grassroots uh I don't view the Women's March as political at all. Some people do. I don't. Um, But I've never been in sort of this grassroots area, nonprofit sort of like movement. I've always been in corporate Mm -hmm. tech, right? And so it was astounding to me that in the third week of December, I will never forget this. I took a vacation for the first time all year. I went to Mexico with my kids. I'm on the beach and I get a text from Olivia who said, I'm on the Slack. We have a Slack network for all of our entrepreneurs. There's mm-hmm. thousands of them on there. I'm on Slack, and the new head of the New York City Women's March, her name is Lisa Malika. She's amazing. She's head of product at Thrive. Oh, great. Yep. She's slacking anyone she can get a hold of to get a hold of you to see if you want to be involved in the Women's March. Hmm. And I was like, of course. So, uh, you know, get off the beach, dry off. <laughs> grab another cocktail. I like call her up. I'm I was like waiting for that. Moment. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I'm in, I'm, I'm half three sheets to the wind. So I'm like, sure. I'm Best saying yes to, to everything, yeah. whatever. So I'm like, what do you need? And she's like, we need, we need you to sponsor. I'm like, how much? She's like 50 grand. And I'm a seed stage startup. Like right. we don't have that marketing. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm like, I can't sponsor, but we have a crowdfunding platform and we have lots of women who, and men, by the way, yeah. who will want to support this. So I will crowdfund for you personally um, to get you to, to your 50K, which allows them to get their permits, put up the stage, book speakers, all security, the logistics, yeah. security, all that stuff. And we did it. And what you're talking about is 
women lifting each other up, what I, what I love so much about what I do at iPhone Women is it really, you can lift someone else up with 10 bucks mm-hmm. or 20 bucks mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you can afford and a social share. Yeah. And I say that all the time and people think I'm bullshitting, but I'm not. Right. That's the beauty of crowdfunding. Right. It's you can support your friend's cause or their business or their startup or their dream or in this case, the Women's March, whatever it is, for pennies. Yeah. And it's not like you're investing thousands of dollars and it's right. a huge decision. And it really feels good yeah. to support your friends and to support their startups or to support the Women's March. Something that you believe in, right. Absolutely. So I think if yeah. there's anything that makes me so proud is to see like we now have almost 75,000 individuals who have transacted through the platform who have paid it forward. And And this is in three years? Less than three, yeah. That's insane. It's going to be bigger. Yeah. I need it to be more. I need. I want more, more, more. Well, you've got (laughs) so many ideas. More, more, more. more. Yeah. It's it's really interesting when you hear about... um, So talking about entrepreneurship for a bit, because when we met and we worked together... Even though it was early days, Google, it was still a very well-established company, right? Yep. They had, um, we had our good health care. We had our 401k match. We had all of that stuff. So very kind of um, fun and scrappy times, but also cushiony, right? Yes. Um, well and you then moved to AOL, which mm-hmm. is a different sort of business And that at Google, I feel like we were still, um, certainly still are, but definitely in that stage in our business and in, in media sales, we're still building a lot, right? A lot. And then AOL was more in a case of like, all right, we've built. Now where do we go? How do we rebrand those types of things? Yeah. Um, I'm that, trying to like summarize your Yeah, no, that was like uh, so, okay, to summarize. So 10 years of Google, first six years on search, yeah. that was scrappy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Literally, we were handwriting contracts. Mm-hmm. We were selling against Yahoo banners. It was a reservation-based uh, inventory. It was, it was before AdWords. Yeah. I mean, that's, crazy. I, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. I mean, and actually I want to do a video. I want to do like, I want to write a screenplay and we need to talk about this oh my after God, totally. about like what it was really like. And I think it's fascinating, but oh. so spent 10 years at Google, Tim went to AOL a year before and he was asking me to come over. He's like, come over. We're buying Huffington Post. We're buying five men, which was the pipes. Yeah. We're rebranding. I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to wear the AOL shirt? That was mm-hmm. my big decision. Because wearing the Google shirt, <laughs> There's so I pride. still wear the Google shirt. Yeah, yeah. Somebody interviewed me. Inter, in, somebody um, introduced me at a panel about a month ago. And they were like, Karen Kahn, uh, founder of iFund Women, formerly of AOL. And I was pissed. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> like, I want to erase that last four seconds of my life, please. Literally, yeah. I was, I got, I was, had to check myself. I was yeah. like, and I, when I got on stage, I couldn't help it. I'm like, I'm actually from Google, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I had a hard time wearing the shirt. So it took me a minute to decide. I didn't go yeah. over with like the first batch of people. But when I went over, I said to Tim, um, I said, I will come over if you give me a budget to fund female creators hmm. and I will go monetize them. And so he did, and I did. First of all, I love that as a negotiation line. This is something, so in our previous episode, we talked about negotiation and how how do you find the opportunities to negotiate and the things to put on the table, right? Your concern in that moment was, is this a brand that I can get it behind and that I can feel really proud of? Maybe not. 
but there's something I can do there that I'm proud of, and this is what I'm going to need. And like a fur mask and something that you felt fulfilled and passionate by. Absolutely. Or about. Yeah. Absolutely. So cool. Absolutely. And Tim Tim did, and I did, and we did, and AOL won its first ever Emmy nod. Amazing. We brought Nicole Richie out of obscurity from yeah. being a mom back onto the reality TV screen. Yeah. We did Gwyneth talk Paltrow's. talk about a rebrand, by I the know. way, for it, her. I mean, she's like totally different life than what she was being portrayed as I know I know I mean AOL doesn't have anything to do with it it's all her creative genius and I love her it's just like amazing it was amazing and then like Gwyneth Paltrow's first like I'm watching her goop stuff yeah on Netflix I haven't watched it yet but I've heard it's it's amusing because we did a a series with her and Ryan Seacrest Uh which was sort of similar uh, back when I was at AOL then we did something with Sarah Jessica Parker Um, it was called City Ballet it was the first time that cameras were allowed in the New York City Ballet we did docu-series it was beautiful We did um, a project with Tiffany Schlein, who does cloud-based filmmaking, and she's in tech. So we did this whole slate of high-quality, beautiful, like Netflix-worthy, frankly, programming. And Verizon bought – and this was before Verizon bought AOL, long before. They bought it all sight unseen for tons of money. It's amazing. So it was a huge win. Yeah. So um, I don't know how we got on this. Well, because we were talking about kind of your evolution as the career choices that you made. Right. You know, I think what I think is interesting is, and you can continue with your story, but from there, I think is where you pivoted beyond the intrapreneur, as you said, into right. your own entrepreneur. Yes. Because this is, I found women is not the first company that you founded. Correct. Okay. So I started a company called V Proud. The V stands for video. And uh, yeah, wink, wink. And it was a video based conversation platform where it was a software platform where, uh, female creators or any creator, because we didn't gender discriminate, but people that identified as women could upload their videos and start a conversation. And so the, so the video could be something like, you know, something mental health related Mm -hmm. and the question and, and the creator would ask a question to the, to the group, you know, have you ever experienced uh, panic attacks? And their video would be a video of a vlog about panic attacks, right? Oh, and a lot of these women were YouTube creators yep. who were just uploading their videos and asking a question. And people could respond in the comments with um, agree, disagree, or not sure, and then they would give their commentary. So, And all the comments were color-coded. So green was agree, red was disagree, and yellow was I'm not sure. And then it's this really a great idea. Yeah. I know. It it's, like, it's like this like social I know. It's a, social, it's a video yeah. social network <laughs> for women that's safe. And then we had this like really cute troll icon that if you clicked him, his hair lit on fire and it would flag our admin. So I basically created the software with my own. And there's also nothing more scary than a woman with her own money that is not an engineer creating software. <laughs> like that's just a hot mess. I love it. And yeah, so I was like, I need, I want to make this thing. I'm assuming everybody else wants to make this thing. I did no market research. This is a salesperson for you. Yeah. I did no market research. I, you know, spent a lot of my own money, toiled away, hired developers, and made this software. And it was expensive, but I was still like, okay, this is exciting. We put it out to market, mm-hmm. and it was crickets. Mm. Because I was naive enough also to think, you think that there's just going to – you're going to put something up and millions of people are just going to come. Right. I was living in Field of Dreams since I'm 24. Right. I didn't know anything right. like different. everything was like golden and up and to the right and yeah. I literally didn't know anything different. We yeah. were sold out of stuff. 
we had to make things up to sell. Right, right, right. So I thought when I put up this media platform that it would just be field of dreams. Yeah. So I had to start buying traffic, which is the shittiest feeling in the world. Yeah. And, you know, we were running out of money. Um, so we slogged out away. Out of your money. Well, I, yeah, yes. Right? Running like out of my money. I, was like, and, yeah. I was like, I am not putting any more money in this. We did have revenue. So the revenue we made was we made videos for brands mm-hmm. um, uh, just to like pay the bills essentially. Yeah. And so we were running out of money two years in as a Hail Mary to save the company. We did a Kickstarter. Oh, interesting. And that's, yeah. And so I did no due diligence. Again, me and my no due diligence. Never again. I've learned. (laughs) No due diligence on crowdfunding. I was like, this should be easy. We make videos. I'll make a cute video. We'll put it up. Magical money elves will be there. We'll get funded. We're only raising 30 grand. Yeah. Like, how hard could this be? Right. And I put up the Kickstarter. And I remember sitting next to Sarah Summers, who's my co-founder and was my co-founder, was working with me. In at V Proud, became my co-founder when we started iPhone Women. I was refreshing the screen. I was like, refresh, oh, refresh. No. It's worth she had her headphones pot. on yeah. and she was doing work. And I like elbowed her. I'm like, dude, where are the magical money elves? She was like, I don't know. Put her headphones back on. She's like, this is your problem, sister. You got us into this. Oh my god. I was like, oh fuck. So I was like, I called my mother. Who's the first call? I called my mother and I was like, mom from Boston, Boston accent. I'm like, mom, you got to go buy the t-shirt. I will pay you back. The t-shirt was like $125. Like we just need something to like be the watershed. Totally. Two hours later, which is after she figured out how to do it. God bless her heart. Nance, love you. She hates when I tell the story. She's like, (laughs) you make me sound dumb and poor. Like whatever. (laughs) She's not dumb and poor. She's amazing. Um, So two hours later, she called me back. She's like, I bought the t-shirt and I told your cousin Marjorie and I told your Aunt Janet, and they're posting it on Facebook. And the light dawned. I'm like, oh, this crowdfunding thing is just sales. Right. You are just selling things to people they want to buy. Right. I can do this. So I went into like 80 phone calls a day mode and made the goal. Yeah. Right? But then I was like, wait a minute. I did this as a Hail Mary to save a company that nobody wanted. Customers didn't like it. Yeah. You know, like, what am I going to do with this money? And I started, like, maniacally Googling, like, crowdfunding platforms for women, crowdfunding platforms for women that make a video for you, that teach you how to do it. And it didn't exist. So we pivoted and we made it. And that's the origin story. Well, that's – and so that's so interesting because you could look at what you did with Be Proud. And I'm sure at the time and at the moment you felt like a failure, right? You felt like, God, I just went out on my own. I left the – Cushy. The cushion of the the food and the benefits and the colleagues, right? The Just being able to walk salary. into a, a conference room and have other people there that you can spitball ideas with. Yep. Going out on your own and not seeing it successful, but it actually was start it was what led you to yes. I fund women yes. and this way to give back. And so I think that's what's so interesting when I think about entrepreneurs. And you actually had a great post recently where somebody had asked you about um, your advice in terms of going out on your own. And should I just quit my day job and go out on my own? What was your advice? Because I think there's so many of us that think about that and particularly breadwinning women. um, What is your guidance there? What have you learned? Do not quit your day job. To be an entrepreneur. Period. Underline. Bold. Exactly. 
entrepreneurship pays like shit. Mm -hmm. I went from making almost a million dollars a year to making, and I now make $75,000 a year. This is 2019 was the first year I paid myself. I've been an entrepreneur for six years. Wow. So entrepreneurship pays like shit. Um, I was able to do it because I am a wealthy woman. I have a nest egg. My kid's college is paid for. I don't have mortgages. I have investments. Yep. I was an early Googler. Let's just be, I am very blunt about like not leaving yep. anything in the dark. Yep. Right. So I could do that. Um, so what I would say for people that have an idea that want to test it out, you do it in what we call the Google, your 20% time. So if you're so passionate about this thing, mm-hmm. you built you, it's nights, it's weekends, it's vacations, it's you eat, sleep, and breathe it if you're so passionate about it. Yep. And then you lean startup the shit out of it. Yeah. Which is if, if people haven't read the book, it's Eric Reese wrote it. It's called Lean Startup. Okay. It's how to test, learn, and iterate before you put a product out. Because, you know, I have women that come to me and they say they've already quit their jobs. Mm-hmm. which is a bummer. Yeah. And they say, I'm going to do this thing full time. And I'm like, okay, well, we can't erase the past. So I'm not going to shame them about it. Right. Okay. So what's the plan? And their plan, planning to have a startup and, and launching a business takes five years. Right. And overnight success takes five to 10 years. Pe- I find women has been in business for three years. People are just finding out about us. Right. Right. And so... There's a lot of things to unpack around this whole idea of when to start, but I would say start in your spare time, test your product or service out on people that are not your friends, yeah, and see if people want to buy it. You have a business when you have a product or a service that people who you do not know well are willing to pay for it. Right. And at that point that you know, okay, this stranger is willing to pay for my product or service, I wonder how many more strangers are willing to pay for it. Yeah, then you, you got to get, get out of strangers. your like self-fulfilling bubble of Oh yeah, yeah you can't be your besties. Positive feedback. Yeah. Can't be your besties. It has to be yeah. strangers. Yeah. Right? You can like test your like crappy MVP on your friends and see if they use it. Minimum viable product or prototype or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then once you're out of prototyping, which again, prototyping can take years. Right. And it's expensive. Right. You're not making any money. Right. So don't quit your day job while you're prototyping. Um, whether you're making jewelry, whether you're making an app, whatever it is. Right. Um, so you so you're prototyping, then you're, you know, if that's successful, you're going into beta testing. And if and if the beta test from strangers is successful, then you can then you have a thing that people want, but you still don't have revenue. Right. For the most part, unless right. you're selling a physical product. So don't quit your job until you are making enough money to sustain you and your family. Yeah. I mean, that's the best advice, and that can take years. It can take years, and it's also what I think, too, is that it's not always like you have a great idea. It's the timing. It's the platform. It's the competition. It's the market. It's all of these other it's factors the marketing, that go it's into the brand. it. Yeah, and I think when you talk about you know the time that it takes, and we talked earlier on in our conversation about this passion and this drive, like I just I can't stop even if I wanted to. Um, so I took a couple weeks off at the end of the year and I literally, how'd that go for you? It was awesome. I I swear to God, there was like three days that I didn't even put a bra on. Like, I'm not sure if I even brushed my teeth. I was just like, well, that I can get behind, but what are you doing with yourself? Well, literally sitting on the couch watching like shit TV. (laughs) And every time my husband came into the living room, he's like, what are you watching? I'm like, go away. (laughs) Oh my God. But it was amazing. And how did you do that? I want to be able to do that. I'm not very good at it, but I got good at it for like 
of the three weeks I took off, I got good at it for like three days and that was enough for me. Um, oh, and there's then, the punchline, ladies yeah, yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a three-week sabbatical. It's like a three-week, it's a two-and-a-half-week neurosis and then three days of a sabbatical. But you have to find enough cushion to be able to get into it for those moments. Oh, interesting. And I have to say, I came back, and I want to say it was like January 4th, and I had that moment. I was like, God, if only I was just fulfilled with my day job. And my, you know, obviously I'm fulfilled with my home life, but just having those two things and not trying to launch a podcast and not trying to write another article and not trying to build this community, like have so so much more time. It took me 24 hours from having that thought to be fully back in it. Yeah. And, And I think that what you're saying when, if I were a listener and I was thinking about starting my own thing, and I hear you say it's going to take three to five, five to ten years. It's going to be nights. It's going to be weekends. That sounds daunting, and it's going back to this coaching concept of, like, you have got to have the drive, the grit, the passion. You have got to believe in this. And you need a coach. And you need to believe that this is what you were put on this fucking earth to do. Totally. Or it will crush you. Yeah. Well, entrepreneurs are crazy. Yeah. We're all, we all have a little crazy chip. Yeah. 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 And it's, and like you're saying, like when, when I get that middle of the night insomnia, there's like the first hour I'll just lay in bed. And then after that, it's like, Tick, 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 totally. going through my list. I'm I'm booking flights. I'm having ideas. I'm having all this stuff. And then I can get back to sleep. But it's like if you don't have that push in you, like it is going to be a very hard road. And that's where quitting your day job, particularly as a breadwinning woman or or any earner for their household, right. whether regardless of gender. And, and I think there's also this sheen of like you were saying, the overnight success takes five to 10 years. Right. It's but like people, people don't think see that. it's like, oh, I'm going to have this great idea. And all of a sudden I'm going to be a fucking billionaire and totally. I'm going to be on well, my that's entrepreneurship porn. Right. And we and we really advise against that. Watch, yeah. Looking at entrepreneurship porn. So like, you know, it's so amazing to see, you know, like Audrey Gelman pregnant on the cover yes. of Inc. Magazine was so beautiful. Yeah. And The Wing is such a huge success. I'm a member. I love, love, love The Wing. Audrey's been working her fucking ass off for years in this city to get to this place. Grit, 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 grit. Yeah. And now she's made it. But it's been, I mean, it's been years and years and years. Right. But you see the end. You see the end. Oh, I can do that. Totally. And now you have everybody being like, I'm going to start a a co-working space. Yeah. That's like literally the number one thing on iPhone Women. Everyone's starting a co-working space. Yes. Yes. And they're successful. Yeah. Well, yeah. for right now. I mean, it's there's also these moment in time things. And there's, I want them yeah. to be successful it's a trend. on your platform. I want them, yeah. I want yeah. female founders and all founders to be successful. Well, I think the key um, insight is women want to be together. Yes. It's less about co-working. Yes. And more about women want to be together, IRL. Yeah. And so there are community spaces. There's one in Chattanooga that I love. It's not a co-working space. It's called The Chattery. Mm-hmm. And it's like an That's adult. such great branding. Totally. And it's like an adult, like arts and crafts, like play space. Oh, how fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, it's not co-working. It's like they've got like classes and it's like a lot of art and, you know, just it's like release film. Space. It's it's yeah. thera- It's art therapy yeah. for adults. And like they have wine. It's so cool. I love that. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. I love Nashville. Oh I know. My God, that's but even my Chattanooga is like coming up. Yeah. I've never been to Chattanooga, but well, I do love go. Nashville. And I love ribs, as I, we've discussed. I know. I love ribs, too. I, lo- I love all the meats. I do, too. It's really bad. It's my worst downfall. I'm like plant-based my ass. I know. My you husband and I is would mostly do so plant-based, well. and it is, it's painful. We'll, we'll have like maybe, three different dinners. I have it. Well, I do have a business idea. 
but I don't want to say it on air, but yeah. maybe you okay. want to be involved. If it's if, if meat-based, I'm in. It's meat-based, and it does involve being in Tennessee. <laughs> Can I ask you one one final question? Yes. Um, that's not meat-based or Tennessee-based, <laughs> but um, I'm super intrigued. Uh when you are making your own investments, mm-hmm. um, because you and I kind of rekindled our relationship down this path, what are some of the key things you think about? So for those that are either coming to your site and thinking about investing for some of the folks that are funding or they're talking about angel investments in their own portfolio, do you have a list of questions you go through? Do you have a couple guiding principles? Yeah. What are some of your tips? I have a personal investment thesis worksheet that I'm happy to send to you that you can share with your community for free. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Can you give me like a yeah, five-second soundbite? Basically, it's um, what number one is what is the problem that you want to see solved in the mm-hmm. world? And it doesn't have to be a do-goodery thing. I'll give you one of mine. I want to, um, delivery Botox to my house. Hmm. That's one of that's one right. of that's one of the things. Just just so let's open just my use door, that one. put it in, and close my door. You will come into my home. <laughs> you can come, come into my bathroom. <laughs> ding ding up. ding. Yep. Bye bye. That's so. That's the problem I want to see solved. Then it's who is working on solving this problem. Mm-hmm. So that's like the research yep. into founders. It's like you know Crunchbase and Google, and it's like who's working on solving this problem. Is this problem? easily solvable or not. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's not because I, I think you have to like administer it in a, in a like doctor's a, office. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, but lots of liability. But, and, yeah. yeah. So, so those are kind of the things. So like another problem I want solved is obviously more funding for women. So that's the problem we wanted solved for iPhone women. And who's working on solving that problem at that time? Nobody. Yeah. So that was an opportunity for me to go and grab for my business. But right. in terms of your personal investment thesis, Another one of mine is, you know, weed for all. Yeah. Medicinal marijuana, recreational use, yep. you know, all the things. Great for the tax. Uh, great. Amazing. Colorado makes hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. in tax revenue just from weed. Yeah. Um, and there's really been not a ton of downside. Right. So I definitely believe in legalizing pot. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's a problem I want to see solved. Um, who's working on it, tons of people. Right. And then it's the due diligence of like, who's working on it in a way that I feel good about? Like, right. where do I want to be involved in this massive cannabis industry? Yes, um, exactly. And then, you know, you kind of break it down from there. So yeah, it's, it's no, I love that. I, yeah. I love, I love the guiding principles. I love, um, you know, I think some of us get approached often for investments and it's really hard to, you can love a product. Like I will pay 50 bucks for that product. That doesn't mean I'm going to invest as in thinking that you're going to solve all of these things. So it's not necessarily product. It's timing. But for women, it's actually interesting you say that women tend to invest in stocks. Well, this kind of goes to the stock market. Um, There's this company called Gold Beans, and I think they're still around. They had a really interesting way of looking at how women invest, which is you look at your credit card statement. And and invest in like the S and P five hundred. So you look at your credit card statement. Where are you spending your money? Mm. Walmart, Target, Whole Foods, Whole Foods, yeah. whatever it is. Yep. Amazon, Amazon, it, like so much Amazon, so much Amazon. But women will invest in stocks where if they're using the product. Yeah, I get that. Which is actually really interesting. I get that. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think part makes sense. If, you just feel that connection to the brand too. Yeah. Yeah. But that's hard with early. That's yes. hard with angel investing. Because, yes. like, for example, I'll use the wing again. Um, 
had I been a wing member and had the opportunity, like some of our friends um, mm-hmm. on, thank you for investing in iPhone Women, by the way. My pleasure. And there's plenty of women on our cap table who are first check-in for the wing. They're angels. Yeah. Who had access to their first um, pr- uh, pop-up space. And so Got it. it's, it's rare where you get access to a product that you're going to love right? at the angel level. At that state. That's yeah, harder. That's interesting. Yep. Yeah, and that's where the market research really comes into the mm-hmm. diligence play. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, this was so fun. We could talk for hours. I cannot hours wait to eat meat in Tennessee with you. Oh, my God. We're doing it. <laughs> and we can have vegetables with the meat. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally cool with side. like something on moment. the side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got my collard greens with my ribs last night. So oh, I'm very balanced. Very balanced. <laughs> this was awesome. You're Thank amazing. you for making the time. And uh, check out iFundWomen. There's so much wonderful things going on there. So Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in for our conversation in newsstand studios at Rock Center. Lots more to come every Tuesday. So head on over to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss anything. Please feel free to leave us a review to give us some direct feedback and also to help get the podcast in front of more eyes and ears. We really appreciate your support. Until next time. 